I thought Donny would want to do the introduction to my podcast, but he's telling me that there's a moral to what are you saying? There's a moral to the Simpsons. In the Simpsons, there's an episode where Bart, your Bart gets a job with Krusty, and he does something way too many times that eventually nobody comes to his show. That's why <laughs> I don't want to do it, or she'll get none, no people listening. Yeah. That's a good moral, Donnie. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. You're listening to Whenever It Kicks with Who Am I? Who am I? I told you, don't do something too many times. It's me. I have a newfound respect for Anne Hathaway as a comic performer. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about, is it? It's about motherhood and pregnancy and postpartum now. The fourth trimester, which I am now in, knee deep. Um, The baby is almost five weeks old. And wow, it has been quite a week. I have been back to the hospital where I gave birth just to say hi. No, not really. Just to have someone look at my nipples for a bit and tell me I don't have an infection. Wee! Um, down there, not in my boobs. I might have an infection in my boobs, but I don't have an infection in my vagina, which I'll get to later, I promise. What other things have happened this week? 10, the baby, has just turned 18 months. Um, and he has taken to constantly trying to find my breastfeeding light, which I bought off Amazon for £14, which is great, but he likes playing with a controller. So almost every day he screams so much for me to get the light down for him that I succumb and I do. And then I spend the rest of the day worrying that he's going to lose the remote control, which is going to mean that I have a night where I can't see and I can't sleep because I need this breast. I'm dependent on this light now, but yet I can't say no to him because I'm, I'm too, I just, I just can't say no to my kids. Sorry. I just can't. So that's the new dance. He also likes taking out two handbags, not just one. He's, he's replaced the two handbags with the buggy that was last week's obsession And I've spent so much time with him that he's become so attached to me now. Um, And I realized just now as I was brushing my teeth, it's a Friday night, 9.30, brushing my teeth, ready for bed. Um, I realized I've never spent this much time at this point so kind of intensely with with a baby, um, with, with 10. I, I realized that with Donnie and Margot at this stage of their lives, I was already frantic and rushing around and still so trying to keep in the race with my weird career. And um, I think I spoke about this before I had Becca, but I, I have kind of decided to step back a little bit in lots of ways and really embrace this period of time. And I just, yeah, I I just didn't realize it was, I mean, I've, I've always been very present with them. I mean, not, I don't know. I'm not one of those present mothers. I, I am present. I, well, I don't know if I'm present. Oh God, I don't know what present means, but I've always been there. I've always been around. Like I, you know, I'm freelance. I, I'm around the, the flat all the time, but I think I've always slightly been elsewhere in, in my mind thinking, right, I need to be doing this right now. And I need to be doing this right now. And I've been juggling constantly since Donnie was born. Um, just constantly feeling desperate with the state of my career. And it's not that I'm not desperate right now. I'm, I'm as desperate as ever. Don't worry. But I, um, 
I'm letting that go for a little bit. And it's lovely. It's really nice to be just focusing on getting up, getting dressed, having a shower, having breakfast, feeding the baby, feeding the other baby, then trying to get out of the house. That takes about three hours. Then going out of the house for about 10 minutes, then coming back, then getting ready for the nap, trying to get them to nap for as long as possible. Then eventually it's too late for them to have a nap, but they have to have a little nap. So I time the nap and then they wake up and then it's almost time to go and get the kids from school. And then I have to get them ready to go to school. Uh, and then and then we get, get them from school and then we walk back from getting from school and then it's time almost for dinner and cleaning up and constant tidying and constant watching Mr. Tumble when I'm when I'm with Ten alone. I realized I am I'm very dependent on Mr. Tumble. And again, didn't really embrace Mr. Tumble before this child, Ten. He's always been there in the background, don't worry, CBBs. Mr. Tumble is never far from the screen. Um but I've never really got it, you know, got quite attached to Mr. Tumble. And now I even watch Mr. Tumble on YouTube, the compilations that go on for like, they can go up for, for up to an hour. There's probably longer ones of just Mr. Tumble songs in his same costume. And I don't know how old Mr. Tumble is. Some of these compilations are from, I think, maybe 20 years ago. I don't know how old he is. I don't know how long he's been on CBeebies, but they still play him. And the compilations on YouTube are ageless, timeless, brilliant pieces of art. And I really encourage you to get into Mr. Tumble because he is entrancing for children. I remember when Margot, was it Margot? Yeah, Don, no, Donnie. When Donnie got burnt in Edinburgh Festival uh, when he was really young, he was like, 10 months um and it was the first Edinburgh festival with a baby we've had many festivals since with a baby but um yeah he got burnt when he was 10 months old it was awful a pot of tea um he he pulled on the table it was before we really knew that you can't really go to a restaurant with a child unless you want to just have a horrible time um we didn't know that yet and it wasn't us. It, Alfie wasn't there. Alfie was doing a show. It was my family. And I wasn't really concentrating. And my relative was holding the baby. And then it was just, it was just an accident. It was everyone's fault and no one's fault. And um, yeah, he pulled the, 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 the teapot on his chest. And it was one of the most awful experiences in my time as a parent, actually. Like probably up there. No, I, actually, I think that might be, that might be the top one, actually. That's, that might be the top bad thing that's happened it, as a parent, as for, in, in that way. There's been other really bad things, but as a parent, that was one of the worst things that's happened. Um, why have I gone so dark and started talking about this so quickly? Anyway, um, anyway, he had to be held under cold water for a long time, which actually made him get worse. And anyway, we, we basically had to go to hospital, obviously. And the ambulance was very slow because it was the festival. Eventually got to the hospital. And then we had to go back for a checkup a week later, which is why I'm telling you the story. Because when we went back for the checkup, checkup, checkoff, checkup, Mr. Tumble was playing constantly in this, um, the children's area in A&E. And I realized then that he has this kind of power. Children just want to watch him. And I always, I don't know, I just always found him a bit annoying. Justin Fletcher. But now I really like him. And that's what I wanted to say. 
really like that guy. Really top guy, top. And I now kind of consider him a real clown. He's just an amazing, authentic clown who seems to have dedicated his life to being this clown. And that's great, isn't it? Anyway, so a lot of Mr. Tumble, a lot of getting ready to go out, going out and then coming back home. That's been what it's been like for the last few weeks. And I've been solely focusing on that. And it's been incredible and also exhausting and very, very hard. And that's with my mom helping me constantly. I mean, she she's not here in the days. Now she's going in the day back to do other things like help me with my shop. My mom, a lot of you will know, runs my doodle shop. So she helps me package up the orders and send them out. And she's in, she's vital to my, um, my shop keeping up and running. So she's got to go and do that now again in the day. So I'm, I'm on my own during the days now. I have managed to see a few people like out in the park and stuff, which has been nice, a little bit of social interaction, but I did have, I've, I'm not used to that really. I'm not used to, cause I'm socializing so little, um, with other people people who aren't 18 month olds or four week olds. Um, I, I met up with a friend in the park yesterday and I immediately just, it's a quite a new friend. It's like a, a, a new friend. And I just spilled about my brother as she was pushing her son on the swings. Actually, I spilled to a couple of new mother friends, new mum friends, hopefully new mum friends anyway. Um, God, I sound like such a loser, don't I? <laughs> Hopefully I have a new friend. Anyway, I basically spilled a bit too quickly about my brother and um, yeah, that's not, that's not, I shouldn't be doing that. I think what I'm experiencing at the moment, almost five weeks into new baby Becca is a rush of hormones or like extreme highs and lows and they're not lows. They're just extreme, like a, a hurricane of emotions. Um, for instance, I was giving the baby a bath, the, the small baby a bath today. And Donnie and Margot yesterday watched The Lion King. So I let them watch The Lion King 2 today. And I didn't remember the crucial, crucial thing that I can't watch The Lion King anymore because it's too sad for me. Um, I'm sure it's too sad for everybody really, but because you will know that Mufasa dies. (laughs) And I stupidly, after my um, brother died, I went to see the Lion King movie, the one with Beyonce in the cinema. And I didn't remember about Mufasa, which is ridiculous. Of course, how could I forget about Mufasa? But anyway, when I was watching the uh, the movie in the cinema, this was a few months after, um, I didn't stop crying for probably three days after that. Anyway, as I was giving baby Becca a bath tonight, the song He Lives In You opens the Lion King 2 movie, He Lives In You. And that song now is the most moving song I think I in, in my life. And I've blocked it out. I haven't listened to it in so long. And it just started playing from the living room. And as I was giving Becca a bath, I just wanted to howl. I wanted to actually howl um, with pain. Um, anyway, I don't recommend to ever listen to that song. And um, 
when you have a newborn because you're so emotional the entire time. I am anyway. Uh, so yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. But don't, don't worry, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I also am emotional because Alfie is away. He's now been away for 16 days, which is 16 bland dinners because Alfie's very good. Not that he cooks me every night, but essentially since he's gone, I've I've just re- reverted to my um, lazy way of cooking, which is just basically just put it all in and a tiny bit of salt and then that's it. That's cooking. In, salt, cook, done, eat catch up whatever like I'm so bad at it um and I have taken to going around the flat and finding things of his like his socks or his his Jonathan Franzen books and just holding them and smelling them and we have this chart the tick down to the the cross off tick down tick down the tick down the cross down the tack the countdown Fuck. till he's back on the wall and I just can't believe there's still so long to go which is really upsetting but you know he's he's doing comedy for the world not just his house um yeah sorry I've just lost track just lost track with my mind and thoughts so I'll just update you about my vagina and my nipples while I'm forgetting what I was going to say next, which is, you know, that's a good way to go. Um, I couldn't talk about it in the last one. So a lot of you will know if you've listened to every episode of this podcast that I had strep B with 10. Now, I only found out that I had strep B with 10 because I was still bleeding 10 weeks postpartum, which made me go to the GP and say, there's something going on, please can you swab me? And it was quite hard to get them to swab me actually. Um, so I really insisted and they did and lo and behold it came back strep B which then everything clocked into place about why 10 was in the neonatal unit. He had obviously had strep B. They give a, a universal antibiotic so we don't actually know that he definitely had it but obviously he did if I did. So all the symptoms you have with strep B I didn't realise because I didn't know anything about strep B. I bled for a long time because usually you only bleed for four to six weeks or you can stop bleeding after one week or two weeks, but anything more than six is you declare kind of like, right, that's, that's unusual. You need to go and get checked. Um, I had, so I had prolonged bleeding and it's, it like, it's not, it doesn't smell great. Um, which again is normal when you have a baby. A lot of people don't ever talk about this because it's gross and you don't want to admit that you're a little bit gross. Um, well, it's not gross, but like no one wants to admit that they smell, do they? But basically when you have a baby, you've just grown something inside your body for nine months. Of course, it's going to take time for that process to kind of end and resolve itself. And so your body is, the smell is just your way of your body. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it, no one doesn't smell after they have a baby. I'm sorry for a few weeks at least. Um, and no one really talks about that, but you Google it and you'll see. And some people say that they never don't smell again, which I don't, I, I don't know if that's true. But um, from what I can gather, you, you basically, you heal 
and then you have to kind of nourish your vagina again. And I have tried Googling how to nourish your vagina and nothing good comes up from that. So don't do that. I've tried to just do it DIY. So, oh God, why am I talking about this? Oh yeah, because of strep B. I won't go into my methods of how I nourish my vagina, but you just, anyway, I won't. Uh, if you really want me to, message me and I'll I'll talk about it. But I doubt anyone really wants to know about how I nourish my vagina. Anyway, um, so this time around, I am still bleeding. So I'm five weeks almost postpartum, still bleeding. Don't see any sign of not bleeding. Uh and it varies in colour, which is another sign of strep B. It varies, it comes and goes. And the retained placenta isn't, don't think it's an issue because with retained placenta, um, usually have more clots and I don't have clots. And anyway, so I've been worrying about this, thinking I, I think I have strep B again. At the same time, I've been having problems with my boobs and everyone usually gets mastitis at some point during breastfeeding but you you usually get mastitis about three weeks after you've had your baby because your boobs suddenly just everything kind of clicks into place and you you, you start feeding more um and I am feeding the baby almost around the clock kind of every hour or every couple of hours and I'm not I'm not uh not trying to you know I'm in I'm at home I'm able to I want to and also because he's so tiny, I wanted to build him up. But he's already grown so much. He was born five pounds two and now he's already, well, the last time he was weighed last week, he was seven two. So he's, he's gained two pounds. And, no, he gained two pounds in three weeks, actually. So now he's probably about eight pounds. You're a giant. Um, so because of that, you're, you, you obviously your boobs are going to be like, what's going on? I'm feeding. What, what are you doing? There's, who needs all of this? I'm not going to make this easy for you. Um, so I was expecting to get mastitis, but what I got was different. And again, I thought I'd had all of the boob problems having had mastitis every single time, but no, this is different. This is in my nipple region. I'm going to have to go soon. Oh God, why does, why does something always happen when I have to just, anyway. Um, so in the nipple region, it's, uh, you have, again, didn't know this. Did not know this. Like I didn't know about placenta staying in you the entire time or only being for a pregnancy. Didn't know that. I'm admitting that. I did not know anything about placentas or umbilical cords. Anyway, I didn't know anything about your nipples. Your nipples have lots of dots on. And you probably know this, but they have dots on. And, and when the baby latches on, milk doesn't just come through your main nipple. It comes through all of the dots like a shower. Correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but that seems to be what happens because when I went into hospital, I went into hospital, which is such a weird experience going back into hospital where you just had a baby, heavily pregnant recently, maybe being in there. And then suddenly you go back and you have a newborn baby attached to you and you're like, am I allowed in here? This is for pregnant people. Am I allowed in here? And no one really bats an eyelid and you're told, you're basically allowed to be looked after by the hospital until you're six weeks postpartum and you should feel free to contact them and everything and I still didn't I've never really done that before I've always contacted my GP or but you you should be able to go straight back in to the maternity assessment unit 
Um, so I went back in and it was very busy. It was a Monday and essentially they just turned me away saying, there's nothing wrong with your vagina. Just wait till you stop bleeding. Um, I had a swab done by my midwife, mid, my, my midwife, my midwife a few days ago and that swab came back normal. So I don't have strep B, but that's, you know, I, I still think there's something going on. And she, I had to, take my top off well not my top off I had to like lower one side and then had to lower the other side so they could compare boobs to a midwife and um she said that it was the baby probably sucking on the wrong nipple <laughs> getting overexcited on the wrong bit and maybe at night when I've been lying down on my side or whatever I just haven't noticed that when I'm half asleep that the baby's sucking on the wrong bit it actually makes me feel quite uncomfortable thinking about but because it really hurts when they don't latch onto the main nipple so I thought that's what it was I, I basically got turned away very quickly and they were wrong they were wrong and I don't want to make them feel bad but they were wrong so it's definitely not that it's a blocked milk duct from what I've googled and gathered and instagrammed and got amazing messages and I feel really bad because I, I honestly got hundreds of messages from people saying about their advice for mastitis most of them were about mastitis they didn't realize it was a nipple region problem but so much advice so and the main I mean almost every single message was saying have you tried the hacker pump epsom salt trick I do have a hacker I can't do it mainly I can't do the hacker because I have this memory of Alfie laughing so hard at the image of seeing the hacker on my nipple as the baby was on the other boob. And it just looks really funny, doesn't it? Just It does look funny. You can't lie. I'm sorry, it looks funny. It looks really silly. The uh, LV curve pump thing is actually less funny. And I don't feel as embarrassed using. But anyway, I haven't. I tried to do the hacker salt trick to kind of to draw the milk out of the the blocked duct. Oh, it's so gross. Um, but I only have a bath salt blend that has magnesium and lavender and all of that stuff. And it sounds very fancy. I don't buy stuff like that. I got gifted it um, because I don't have baths. I'm not a bath person. I'm a shower person. I'm a cold, quick, well, not cold intentionally, cold because the kids are taking up all the hot water, shower person. And I worried that the magnesium and lavender and stuff would stay on my boob because they're quite, you know, strong smells. And then it would put the baby off feeding even more. So no, didn't do that. My method also, so many people said, you know, just get a sterilized needle and prick it. I'm not that hardcore. I cannot do that. I'm sorry. So I've just massaged it constantly. And now I'm paranoid because I never even looked at my, my boobs before. I've never studied them intensely which I know that you're not meant to do either, but I didn't realize that all of these dots were little nipples. <laughs> Are they? I might be wrong. But if you actually come off mid-feed, you do see milk sometimes coming out one or... Anyway, so this is one that's got a problem. It's been, it's backed up or something. Something's happened. And I, I did get cocky with my one position. I only fed him on one position since he was born because that's the position I like. And you're told, oh no, you should constantly be changing positions so that the milk comes through 
easily and doesn't get clogged up and get used to coming out. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't listen when people told me that. And the rugby position, which is the most stupid position. It's so difficult to like, how do you lower yourself down far enough? The baby has to sit on a pillow or, and if you have a tiny baby, your boob is way higher than, it, it doesn't work out. But anyway, the rugby position has been the most effective for, it seems, dislodging this fucking bit of milk um, and hot flannels. But again, how do you get a flannel hot enough? You know, you, if you've got a baby nearby you, you don't want to have scalding, boiling water near you. Um, and you have to constantly run back and forth. And also, if you have a toddler and a baby and maybe two other kids and a busy, you know, day, how are you going to constantly just do the hot flannel stuff? So I've had to just basically not do any of the tricks that these wonderful people have sent me and just accept that I've got to just keep massaging it when I can and keep feeding in as many different positions as possible. But, well, two positions, the normal position and the rugby position. Because what other positions can you do? I don't want to do dangle feeding. If someone else messages me about dangle, please, I do not want to do dangle feeding. Nothing against people who do dangle feeding, but I just don't like it. I don't like it. It's just, it's so weird. It's not weird. Sorry, it's not weird. It's just I can't. How will I? I'm never on my own. I'm never on my own. I, there's always one or two or three or four or my mum around me. Like I cannot get onto all fours and just do dangle feeding. Like it's, it's, I would scar my children for life. Probably just, they already like, I'm just, well, I, I'm sorry. I, w I will not scar them for life. I'm not judging you if you do dangle feed around your children, but just for me, it's not my thing. I just can't, I've already, it's already quite like constantly have one boob out the entire time when you have a baby, usually. It's always, it was already quite exposed, the whole thing. And I just feel like dangle feeding is a new thing for me to not do, like in front of everyone, in front of the world. So I'm not doing that. I'm not judging you if you do dangle feeding. Now I'm really paranoid. People are going to be like, how dare she say that about dangle feeding? But um, I, I just, it's not for me. It's not for me. I can't. If, when I'm on my own, I might try it, but sorry, no. Maybe dangle, maybe I am doing dangle feeding accidentally because now what I'm doing is I'm trying to like have him on a pillow under me and try and dangle feeding is, is you're trying to get the gravity to pull the milk out. But I don't think people understand that that's not what my problem is. It's a, it's a different type of thing. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now because I, I've got quite stressed talking about dangle feeding. Don't worry, I'm still here. Um... The other thing that it's really difficult to to prepare yourself for is when you get gifts and cards from people, um, really nice things. Like I got sent a lovely stuffed monkey today from my uncle and aunt, which Ten has adopted. Margot has been given the the class stuffed koala um, for the weekend, and I've got to photograph it all weekend, which is uh, going to be my entire weekend. And so Ten and her are taking this monkey and the koala anywhere, everywhere. And it's very sweet. So the monkey and I got sent a blanket and I got sent some of these bath salts and I got sent flowers. And I mean, nowhere near as many gifts as I got for any of the other kids because people just give less of a shit when it's your fourth. But it's really stressful because you, you have to, you have to really carve out time to remember to thank them. And so I'm trying to think of a way 
of doing a, a thank you in in just all in one, an all in one thank you. And the other thing, I really wish I could thank every single person who's messaged me with their dangle feeding or sterilized needle instructions. And you just can't, I can't, I don't have time to go and message every single individual person and say thank you. And it's really, it really upsets me. I really want to, to thank people. So if you have sent me a monkey or if you have messaged me about dangle feeding or your your awful mastitis experiences or your birth stories or whatever, I really am so grateful and I really wish I could message back. Maybe I will one day, but right now I, I just can't and I'm sorry. And I think it is, it's kind of goes without saying that, um, I, I mean, whenever I've sent anything, I don't expect to be thanked, but um, is that a really offensive thing if you don't thank people? Do they suddenly hate you? Are they waiting with bated breath at home for you, for that message from you? I hope not. I really just hope not. Um, I'm going to go and smell some of Alfie's shirts now. Mm, or I just get his moisturizer, which I didn't realize has a very strong scent. I'm going to go now. I also have got into swaddling. Finally, the baby is now big enough to swaddle. It's such a game changer. I can't believe they're not recommending swaddles anymore at hospital. Because uh, the, the advice changes all the time. But this time they're like, no, you should not swaddle. Well, I'm sorry. I think swaddling has been done for thousands of years. And I think it's, well, thousands, hun hundreds. I don't know. I'm going to go now. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Please do continue to watch Mr. Tumble. And if you want to read my Patreon diary entry this week, it's uh, probably going to be quite intense. I don't know when I'm going to write that. I'm going to write that tomorrow, I think. I'm going to have an hour tomorrow, I think. I'm going to, I'm going to actually, for the first time, I think I'm going to set aside an hour. I'm going to, um, when the babies are asleep, I'm going to actually just go and have an hour on my own, which will be the first time in quite a long time. I don't. That might not happen, but hopefully it does. I very much appreciate you listening and I hope that everything is going well for your pregnancies. I'm, I've got to go to bed. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye. See you soon. Speak, speak to you soon. Oh, fuck.